unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. Hello and welcome back to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, where we are recapping WandaVision episode four, and I have with me today Casey McGeorge. How is it going, everybody? Good, and my name is Jordan Wiegand. Totally forgot to say that, but That's alright. It's I'm your just so excited. It I'm just so excited. <laughs> That's true. I'm just so excited to get to uh to you, Casey, because I want to be able to talk some uh some WandaVision here. Um, I, I'm so not sure uh, how I'm talking right now because my brain melted a few days ago, and I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I, I, we will get to everything because there's there's a ton to go through. Yes, and I have notes here. Uh, but first, like always, just got a shout out. The episode title: We interrupt this program, which is another just totally great. Uh, use of titles here for this episode written by Bobak S. Farjani and Megan McDonald and uh, something I learned about Megan McDonald as well by listening to other podcasts is she's actually writing Captain Marvel 2 so she wrote the last episode and she wrote this one Um, it's directed by Matt Shackman and it premiered January 29th 2021 on Disney Plus quick synopsis and then we'll ask uh, and then we'll go over the initial thoughts here monica rambo tasked with a special assignment regarding sentient weapons goes missing what was your initial thought this i like the turn that this episode took um the first three episodes obviously we were concentrating on wanda and vision the show is obviously named wanda vision it's about their adventures i guess But we had all these questions in the first three episodes. And this episode fed us so much more and answered some of those questions while giving us more questions to start to wonder about. But I think it was a good break. Uh, We, we, you know, every every episode was kind of themed after a decade. And we were wondering, like, how they were going to do it because it was only like three or four decades left. So we were thinking maybe there's going to be like a first half of one you know, like the first half of the 80s, second half of the 80s or something like that. We couldn't figure it out. And this is kind of a good way to break that monotony, but but give us more of like, hey, we know you have questions. We know you're wondering you, you, what's going on and, 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 and all this other stuff. Here's a little teaser of, of what's going on. And, and hopefully this will get you hooked in more. And it did. Yes, this was... Um... This is probably my favorite episode of the bunch so far. I saw some complaints of people saying that, you know, this was um, an F plus. only caught us up. Yeah, I know. No, I have seen more reasonable takes, though, but where people are saying that this was, uh, you know, it only gets us to where we just left off with episode three. And I think that's OK. I think it's great that we see it from the other side. And I think that this episode was needed for episode four here. Um, I didn't think we'd get all the answers that we got already, so this is great in that regard. Um, Because while people were complaining it was a slow burn for the first three episodes, I feel like that complaint's invalid now because 
everything. A lot of your questions have been answered now, and then now we can kind of go forward and answer the rest of the questions that we have. And I think that this is a good episode to kind of tide us over and now get us, what I'm assuming, next week back to the 80s. And I think from here on out, we might actually get where some of the episodes are kind of split between the outside and the inside of Westview. Yes. So I think that's why this episode is really needed right now. And uh, and it gave us a really cool opening. So let's get into it. I, I, I love the opening scene here. At first, you're like, what's going on? But I, I yelled this out in the room before uh, it actually happened. But I, I thought maybe it was going to show Wanda getting reassembled uh, by the after the snap. But it was actually showing us Monica and we open on, you know, the dust reassembling into a person and it's Monica Rambo. She's in a hospital room, which we eventually learn uh, later in this scene is to revealed to have been her mother's room, Maria Rambo. And it's then revealed by a doctor that her mom actually died three years ago, which was two years after Monica disappeared. That accounts for the five year difference between infinity war and Endgame. And it's nice to also have, confirmation in the show this is post endgame for people that may not have known that and i think it's also cool to kind of see everybody snapping back into reality and you know like (laughs) monica just totally bumps into somebody and knocks them clean on their bottom and uh just the havoc and the craziness of having all these people come back you even hear like a doctor say like you know we don't have the room Right, as some of these people that were probably patients are now reappearing uh, on the beds and and stuff like that that really, I think, shows a really interesting take of how this, you know, would have happened, um, and, and seeing a more human aspect and not like the superhero aspect of what happened after everybody snapped back. Okay, so we 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 got Thanos's snap. Um, which I've seen was called decimation in some places, but it's just basically referred to as the snap, right? Thanos snaps, half half of everything is gone. Right. Um, we got a, a name for when everybody returned. The blip. Uh, oh yeah, you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home yet, no, have you? No, Because they do mention the blip there. Um, uh, they also show some people blipping back as well in that movie, but it's more comical approach, while this one was a little bit more... Uh, dramatic. So, uh, in all in all fairness, I mean, Disney and Marvel's usually pretty good. I think they could have come up with a better turn than the blip, but whatever. Hey, that's why they're there, and I'm here behind this computer, right? Um. So th- this, I-, I always wondered. Uh, I always had a lot of questions between like Infinity War and Endgame. Like, what I always wondered what happened to the people who were snapped out of existence, right? Um, I think we talked about this at some point too. And then what happened? Like when we see an end game, uh, we just kind of saw was a Dr. Strange opened a bunch of portals and these people came back out. That was all we got from Endgame. Um, was these people were back. And then, uh, Spider-Man's, you know, yelling at Tony Stark about he was there and then he wasn't. And Tony hugs him, which is probably the most human piece look, but hey, whatever. So, This isn't a criticism, but then you know me a little bit. You know I tend to overthink things, right? So I started thinking, okay, uh, 
the blip happens. People start coming back. Monica starts reassembling, I guess, or bl- he, she blips back into existence in the same chair she was waiting in in the, the hospital room where her mother had uh, was uh, five years before, whatever the case is. So that tells me people are back to where they were whenever they left. However, and I'm way overthinking this, that's very problematic because we have people who are in airplanes when they were blipped out of existence. We have people who are on submarines and aircraft carriers and various other things when they were snapped out of existence. When they are... Yeah, I, Kevin Feige has kind of touched on this, I think, uh, in interviews where I, I think he said that uh, anybody that was in like an airplane or, or anywhere dangerous has been put safely back into the world, almost as if the snap uh, knows what it's doing. Uh, again, we haven't really seen that anywhere here. Um, I guess you could even say maybe it's not the position of the Earth they're in, but let's say... Let's say they were on a plane, and maybe that plane has now landed somewhere else. Maybe they reappear on the same plane, but safely that you know isn't like they're not just going to fall out of the air. Well, um, what would have happened if someone was sitting yeah. in that chair where Monica Rambo was? You know, I think back to Tom Cop. It would have been right on top of her. <laughs> well, like, and this isn't the same thing, but if you remember the movie Tom Cop, uh, before Jean Claude Van Damme starts traveling through time. One of the things they tell him is the same space, the same matter cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Now, granted, it's not Monica Rambo sitting in the chair when she blips back into existence. But if someone's sitting in that chair, like, does she plop in on top of them? Is there is there a mixture? Have you ever seen uh, the Cloverfield Paradox? I have not seen that Cloverfield film. I've seen the original Cloverfield, but I've not seen Paradox. Well, they're actually making another one that's a sequel I saw that's actually not found footage, but it's supposed to take place after the original events of Cloverfield I just read. But anyway, uh, I'm really excited about oh, that, wow. by the way. So, like, in there, something happened. It was a weird paradox and, and or wormholes or something. I don't know. And some dude ended up, like, in the middle of pipes and things. Because that's when he came back into existence or whatever, and there was pipes. It was it was really weird. But so that like that's just what I'm thinking. Like, what what happens if you know? And once again, I'm just way overthinking these things. I know, but these are the things that occupy my mind when I see some of this stuff. Like, huh? What about the dude who's in a submarine who's like twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Does he just pop back in that submarine, or does he just pop back in twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Sucks for him. I don't know. <laughs> um. I did some quick research during this, so I, I guess, and I, I guess this was explained during Spider Man. I found out, um, and this was kind of explained somewhat with Monica Rambo. Um, to them, no time has passed. They don't know what happened. Like Monica thought, she, like maybe she just right. dozed off, but everyone else has aged five years, and like the world has gone on five years. Um, I read somewhere like some people had to had to you know repeat grades and everything, and. Um, you know, like they were part of the way through school year, they had to repeat the school year. Um, it causes all kinds of it caused all kinds of havoc census taking wise and then just administratively because yeah. like I was born in nineteen seventy eight, right? So was it two thousand twenty? So let's say two thousand fifteen I was snapped out of existence. I was thirty seven years old. I come back now I'm forty two, but I'm actually only thirty seven years old, but I was born in nineteen right. 
So that now there's administrative stuff. It gets just all weird. And they do touch on this in, in Spider-Man as well, when especially when it comes to kids, because they could have become 21. Uh, so they have to have like special licenses that show that they were uh, one of the snapped away people. So that way they add, you know, so that way they know they're not actually 21 and can't get like alcohol. That's just, that's just weird. And I was like, I went through this wormhole last night of looking through all of this stuff. Um, after I watched this, I think I spent like 45 minutes or an hour going through like the repercussions of the snap and the blip and everything else. And I was just like, wow. The people behind Marvel are great because not only did they just come up with the snap and the blip, they went deep into it of like, okay, what would really happen during all this? And well, they can't think of every scenario. They 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 work through a lot of these different scenarios and and put in the canon like, hey, this is what would have happened if half of all living existence was gone. And like, can you imagine trying to being in the room trying to come up with these things? That would be so much fun. Uh, I, I, there's actually a bit too, I think, in in Spider Man where they talk about, um, like Aunt May ends up reappearing in her apartment, but it, now somebody else is living there, oh, and it's just like the awkwardness of that, you know? Like, uh, yeah, so, so who gets uh, the apartment now? Right, exactly. There's so many things that you're like, how does this work? Um, Hopefully the government had some contingencies if people were to get uh, were to return. Um, well, we see because as we'll see here, Sword has that contingency. Monica Rambo's not sure if yeah, Monica Rambo's right. mom did put a few contingencies into place. And in all fairness, I mean, her mom knew Captain Marvel, so her mom knew about all these other the existence of a lot of other things out there. Alien. Yeah. Alien and, and super, like she kind of knew about these and, and superheroes and, and various other things. So she put into existence, like, okay, she had a thought that these people would come back. She hoped that these people would eventually come back. And she put into something that, Hey, if they do come back, like my, like whatever Monica Rainbow was doing before, I guess she was flying into space and various other things. She can no longer do that. Um, kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, after the hospital scene, we get the Marvel logo. Um, there's no WandaVision theme song this time due to us being outside of that reality. And we then get Maria. Oh, not Maria. Why did I put Maria? Because our mom. Okay, we get Monica going back to the Sword headquarters. Uh, which apparently it's kind of referenced that her mom found its sword and was at least the director at some point. And this is where we find out that she's grounded and can only do uh, like terrestrial missions. And Um, this is where we get the first hint of like some of the aging things like, well, her car doesn't work, so they don't believe she works there. And then she meets... (laughs) Yeah, that guy was such a jerk. Like in all fairness, okay, like this is swords. This is a very high level government organization. Like, yeah. I can't really blame him for that. You don't know if some ra- who, what random dude is. Okay, so one thing I learned in the military, and it served me well in a lot of places, was if you act like you were supposed to be someplace, a lot of times you can get by with just confidence alone. People won't think twice about it. It's if you start sneaking around or you look nervous, that's when people start questioning things, right? And I've had to use that, like doing things in the military, uh, not necessarily like 
black ops things, but like sometimes you have to steal equipment from other units or, or various things. And sometimes literally if you just act like you're supposed to be there, people just leave you alone. They let you do what you're supposed to do. Um, so yeah, she kind of goes in, but this, like her car's not working. And she's like, I work here. And the dude's like, well, obviously you don't cause your car doesn't work. So I, I can't really blame him for the snark on that one. Like, can you imagine just some random dude trying to walk into like FBI headquarters? Like he worked there. I mean, maybe since I'm a uh, customer service person, I <laughs> I feel like I would be like, oh, well, let's see what's going on here. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just so, like, used to working customer service, not being, like, snarky. And I, uh, as well, and that works. I guess it doesn't work. I guess you don't. Well, that works in a retail <laughs> sense, but not, like I said, you got to think this yeah. is, like, more of a government thing. Like, like I said, you, you don't know what kind of secrets are in this. Just some random dude just rolls up. Hey, I work here. I left my key. Can you let me in? sure let's see what we can do you know what i'm saying um so yeah. i kind of get that don't mind the snark um i think she makes the comment to him about he looks old as hell uh the new director of sword yes um and obviously because he says she has an age yeah today. which right. i guess technically she really hasn't um I, I don't know i mean she's actually aged at least three weeks this is three weeks later it, imagine yeah. imagine the hell the <laughs> biology imagine what that would do to your biology too like yeah, you were once dust. Well, and then, okay, so then this is going to open up a wormhole. Have you ever heard the thought of, like, in Star Trek or whatever, when they, what is it, a transporter, or I can't think of it, where they beam you from one place to another? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. actually, like, takes you apart, but it brings you someplace else. Is that really you, or is it not you, and so on and so forth? I don't know. We're getting off track here, and I'm just babbling. So. Well, hold on. Does this make Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure canon? Uh, you know, because they say all we are, all we are, are dust in the wind, and they ended up being right. Possibly. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, we find out she's grounded um, because her mom did have some foresight, put these things into place. She's upset, but uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, there was a little tension earlier too, I guess. Maybe there was thoughts that I guess once Maria Rambo was no longer around, her daughter would run the place. But now she's not around, so I'm not even sure this gentleman's name, he's in charge. Hayward. Uh, Mr. Hayward? Travis Hayward? Tra- Trevor Hayward? Sure. Something like that. Taylor Hayward? Sure. There's something. There's something T. Hayward. <laughs> but so I, like, I think there was a little tension there because he had to explain why he was in charge and um, – yeah, I think she didn't feel as much sense. I think he felt like he had to explain it, but she was just like, whatever. Yeah. Um. So we, we, we get S.W.O.R.D. We get, you know, what S.W.O.R.D. stands for. Um, you, you were way very correct in that one four episodes ago or whatever. But I, had yep. no, I had no knowledge of S.W.O.R.D. Um, and yeah, she gets sent because someone went to Westview or there was a missing persons case. And then there's an FBI agent. They need her help. Um, yeah, and sh- and they find it weird that uh, Sword would be needed for this, uh, but they need their drone or whatever, and uh, he's putting her on, you know, like escorting the drone to uh, the FBI. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think, she probably does feel like, really, I'm stuck doing, like, finding missing people, you know, which is understandable, but also understand you were gone for five years and you've only been back on Earth for three years, or three weeks, rather, like... Let's take yeah, this. Three weeks. Let's take this slow a little bit. Um, 
Plus, you never so know. So this actually takes place before uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home, for people that don't know, is eight months after the snap and the blip. Uh, so uh, so this takes place, this is actually earlier than uh, even Spider-Man Far From Home is. So three weeks after the blip, uh, imagine the hell administratively they have to go through to like get her back, his social security number and card. Um, right. Then, uh, life insurance for some people. Do, did they ever explain like if they were declared dead or missing or how that would how that worked? I don't think they did. I I would assume that the insurance agencies would not be paying out for this because of how many people <laughs> disappeared. Uh, with it being fifty percent, I don't know if they would want. They would probably go broke trying to do it. So I'm ass- I'm assuming they're they're claiming that this was, uh an act of God and not something that they're going to cover. But see, here's the thing. You can prove it wasn't an act of God because the Avengers, humans, and one God, well, technically there was one God involved with Thor, but then... Thor, there you go. So yeah, it's an act of went God. went and got the Infinity <laughs> Stones. I don't know, if, I don't know if, the, if everyone around the world would know all this. And then... Brought, no, I don't think they do. But then they brought everybody back into existence and it was... It was... Was it? It was Hulk, right? Who initially snapped and brought everybody uh, back. Yes. So yes, that would be an act of. That's not an act of God. That's an act of human. Like a human did that. Not 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 God. Uh, it's an act of Hulk, and we're not going to cover that. Sorry. That's not in the policy. You're gonna have to pay up. But... <laughs> it doesn't say anything here about Avengers bringing you back into existence or killing you, so this is not valid, sorry. But it, does, it doesn't say it's not covered, so... Like, we're, you're paying... <laughs> this would be a nightmare yeah, for insurance agents. Just all kinds of things, man. Like, I, I literally, like, for about an hour, hour and a half last night... Landlords? I started wondering about all this. Like, if somebody... Like, landlords is one thing because you're renting and leasing. What if you actually owned a house... Then it's declared vacant or whatever. Someone else buys the property, right? Right. What happens then? Um, like, you see, what I'm saying, like, what happens if you own the home? Yeah. But or you were you weren't done paying? Like, see, I don't know. Just and we'll never know. I don't think they'll go that much in detail after after this, uh, but. Uh... So we, we get her arriving to Westview, New Jersey. We find out Westview is a real place. Um, or is and we it? meet age yeah, we meet Agent Jimmy Wu of the FBI. Uh, like I said before, he is somebody that is in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I like this. Um, I like Jimmy Wu. Jimmy Wu is awesome. He is good. If you liked him in this, and if you have not seen Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, this is he, he's great in that movie. No, I, I gotta check well. out. I gotta check out all the remaining movies. I, I haven't seen the Ant Man series yet either. But uh, I will say, with with his intro here, right, this little Easter egg before we get to the Easter eggs, how he pulls the card out of his sleeve like a magic trick. Um, he's been practicing that for like five years because in Ant Man and the Wasp, he sees uh Paul Rudd's character Scott Lang do a magic trick and he, he really wants to know how to do it. And you see him later in his office, like practicing magic. Uh, so five years later, he nails it. And I, and I like that little moment because it, it's not like something that stands out, but it's like character development of, and a callback of, okay, 
he's been working on this. He got it. And if you don't know, if you don't, haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's still natural where you have no idea that that's anything. If you have seen it, you know it's a little reference. It's just the little pieces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, I saw that. Once again, haven't seen Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. I knew that was... I, I figured there was something behind that, but I like I never even bothered to look that one up. But I was like... Because that's just a really... That's a really odd thing for an FBI agent to do, to bust out his business card, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's something behind this. I just don't know what it is. And honestly, I don't feel like, like I said, I was, my brain was so confused and melted at this point. And then it just got even worse. I was like, I completely forgot about the magic trick, but I was like, there, there's something behind that. I just don't know. Um, we find, uh, so he brings Monica over to the local uh, our local sheriff, so local sheriff. police. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "Hey, just just repeat what you said." Now, Westview doesn't exist. Wait, what do you mean? Doesn't exist. And where are you from? Eastview. So now, like, literally, going back a couple episodes, the gears in my brain just had, just like Vision had gum in them, and I just stopped because I was like, "Wait a minute." They're saying this place doesn't exist, but we're looking at a town. With a sign that says a population of so many people, 3,900 or whatever. It's there. We can see it. We've seen the inside of it. We know there's stuff going on in there, but the town doesn't exist. Yeah, I think this is, you know, part of Wanda's control over the area is almost like. Uh, all right, you've watched Harry Potter recently. Yes. Right? Okay. There's like a spell around the castle of Harry Potter. Uh, I'm not sure if they really touch on it in the movies, but in the books they do. And it's like if a, if a random person was to stumble upon it, they would not see Hogwarts Castle there. So I feel like it's almost like that with the sheriff. Kind of worried about that. Yes, the sign's there, but they don't they don't see it. And they don't even see the sign, and they're like taught to like – not even recognize it because of some sort of spell. It's almost like that she's put on the area or something. Well, that, um, so that also kind of always made me wonder about Wakanda. Like, I get it. It's in Africa, and there's a lot of places in Africa that are very isolated and closed off from the rest of existence. Yeah. But I was like, how? And Wakanda is supposed to be this very technologically advanced, probably like the most advanced civilization on the planet and various other things. And I'm just wondering, like, how... How have we not found this place yet? Like, the damn British have colonized just about every corner of the world and and tried to take over (laughs) everything. Like, how have they not managed to take over Wakanda? Like, what the hell is going on here? Don't know. Uh, Before before we got to the sheriff, though, uh, you know, Jimmy Woo says that, you know, he lost somebody that was in witness protection. I'm not sure if we really still get who that is yet. But, um, and when he was asking known associates, uh, They couldn't even remember him. So I do think it is something that this affects just like it affected the sheriff. Almost anybody that knew about Westview no longer knows about them because of some sort of magic, I guess, that Wanda is using. So much so that even the person that disappeared from the witness protection, nobody even remembers them because, uh, I I guess, because of the fact that Westview no longer exists to the outside world except for people that were kind of not familiar with it, so, I guess, originally. Two things real quick. One, I think if it's witness protection, I think the marshals, the United States marshals handles that, not the FBI. But that's neither here nor there. 
Um, they probably are involved in it, but I think that's more the U.S. Marshal Service. Um, right. Because even USA did a, a TV show about that. I think it's called Out of Sight or something. I don't know. Um, uh, two, who do you think uh, Who do you think this, this uh, person of witness protection is that's in Westview? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's any of the people we've met yet, honestly. I think that might be something that they build towards. Um, because they don't really mention it when they're watching the people on TV and they're IDing them that I'm not so sure we've met them. But, well, they, they, they had a, as, as we'll talk about, they start identifying people. And there's two that I didn't see any identification on. Agnes. Yes. And uh, Emma Caulfield's character. Yep, Dottie. Yeah, Agnes and Dottie. I didn't see, like I saw, you know, they had identification on all these other people, parts they're playing and so on and so forth. Maybe I missed it because there was a lot going on on those boards, as we'll get to. But I didn't see anything on that, on those two. So maybe it's one of them? It could be. Uh, Or... It, you know, the fact that they don't have any IDs linked to them or haven't been able to recognize them, maybe they're not actually Westview citizens or, you know, maybe, like we said, Agnes is some sort of Agna- Agatha Harkness character that is like a, an old witch that they can't ID right now. It, it, maybe that proves that they're not the same, you know, like maybe Dottie and, and uh, Agnes are you know, not as tied to the town as some of the other people are because there's been times where we've kind of seen Agnes have her own agency uh, where some of the characters haven't. Um, who knows? I it, it, I think there's still a question of do these people know that they are trapped or not? We kind of got the reference from, you know, Herb and uh, Agnes last week that he was going to say we're all trapped, but um, she tell, she makes them not say it, but it seems like maybe some of them know, but some of them maybe don't. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dottie's husband, who made the the who kind of broke the fourth wall there, whether it was intentional or not. You know, um, last week. And we also had the doctor who said that he could not leave. You know, like the town is hard to escape. Yeah. So uh, it does seem like maybe some of these people know. I'm just not sure how ever present it is in their. Uh, minds, or if it's just sometimes they remember and sometimes they snap back into this sitcom. So we we get uh, we get the drone, which, and then eventually they explain why the drone looks different than the drone we see later. Yes. Um, fantastic work on the writers on this. I mean, that's not something I would think of, you know. Uh. But yes, yeah, so, uh, mm-hmm. Monica ends up sending a drone in that crosses some sort of shield or force field and disappears. Um, and then Monica reaches in. Um, Wu is 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 trying to stop her. And next thing you know, she gets sucked in. Bam, she's gone. Yep. Um. So. I guess all hell breaks loose because now you got just about every every organization, every government organization in the world outside of Westview setting up trying to figure out what's going on. Um, 
Who do you think makes yeah, that? Yeah, and just 24 hours later, we get, uh, you know, Darcy. What, Wait, go ahead. Who do you think makes that call? Because you had the FBI, a sword agent gets sucked in. Like, how do you even explain that to somebody? Which, okay, in our existence now, it might be difficult to explain. I guess when they've had the snap and the blip in the Avengers, it's not that hard to explain to some people since they do have... And the Battle of New York, yeah. They, since they do have <laughs> knowledge of these things, right? So it's not that difficult to explain, really, but... Um. Yeah, you get sword and the FBI and the military and and all these agencies, you know, set up shop outside of Westview and they're trying to get in there and figure out. And then, like you said, we get uh, Darcy, um, who's played by well, I can't think of her name, Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings, who I love, great comedic actor. She is fantastic. Um, I've been. I need to watch the series. I've been watching clips of you, uh, two broke girls on YouTube and just realized how funny the show actually was. Yeah, I never really watched that. Um, but I, I do know her from, you know, the Thor films and stuff, other stuff she's been in. She's been in tons of other stuff I can't think of right now. But, like, I knew who she was even before Two Broke Girls. I just don't remember what she was in. Um, so I, in my internet trolling in the last day or so, uh, they, they, someone did an interview with Kat Dennings or she was on a podcast and she talked about how secretive it is, uh, more how the kind of secrecy that goes through in the Marvel auditioning process. Right. So she, whatever she's going for an audition, right. She doesn't even know what the project is. She says she's, you know, she just finds out whatever. So she's like, they give her an address. So she goes to this address and then she goes somewhere and then she has to sign a bunch of papers. She still doesn't know where it is, but then there's nobody at the address. And then she says some dude in a golf cart rolls up, ask her, you know, like verifies who she is and says, Hey, I'm here to take you to the audition. She thinks this is some sort of like weird kidnapping thing. And like, she's going to die. Um, she said, all she told was it was a superhero thing. So she doesn't know how to dress. She doesn't know what she's auditioning for. Is she auditioning to be a superhero? Is she auditioning to be a sidekick? Like, does she need to dress sexy? Does she need to dress conservative? You know, because Marvel gives, like, no information about it. Um, she does her audition. She gets, like, no, no information back until she finds out she gets the part. And then everything is kind of laid out to her. That's interesting. That's, uh... <laughs> quite the way that they uh, handle it um, I did see that I, I she's in 40 year old virgin I forgot about she that is? Um, yeah she's the uh, daughter of the love interest for Steve Carell um, and uh, she's actually also she was in a show here's here's a funny connection she was in a show called raising dad in uh, on the WB in 2001 to 2002, which starred Bob Saget, Kat Dennings, and a younger Brie Larson, who becomes Captain Marvel. So a little MCU uh, connection. Was she like 12 at that well. time or something? Jeez. Uh, let's see. She was born in 86, so she was about 15. Um, Brie Larson at that point was about 13 or so. Wow. So, you know, they don't, uh, I guess they get told on the back of the truck not to talk to each other, but someone's got to break the ice. So she finds out 
what different people do. So she's kind of trying to put together what's going on. Um, and then she, you know, they get ushered into this tent where various things are happening and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and she's the kind of one who breaks everything wide open. Oh, yeah. Uh, she uh, realizes, one, that there's some sort of radiation, and she pulls up this uh, machinery that kind of starts showing old images of Wanda, it looks like, and um, that's when she asks for a TV. You know, she realizes she's probably going to need an antenna. Um, and uh, I like, though, when she was trying to pick up the thing, and she's like, that's it, I got it, you know, because the guy doesn't even make an attempt to help her lift up this heavy instrument. Um yeah, it's not very, it's like radiation is flowing from the town. Um, they called it, I, I think, like CBMR or something. Uh, it's like some sort of cosmic energy that I think has ties to the Fantastic Four, but it's supposed to be the energy from the Big Bang. What was created in the Big Bang? Uh, the Mind Stone, all the Infinity Stones were created at the beginning of the universe. So uh, that's where her powers come from. Or at least that's what unlocked her powers. So Who's maybe powers? it is part of her. Uh, Wanda. Oh, okay. I thought you were um, saying Kat Dang's character yeah, yeah. powers. I was like, wait, what? No, no, sorry. Yeah, I forgot you haven't seen Thor. So you're like, wait a minute. Does she have powers? Um, no, but it, it unlocked uh, Wanda's powers, which might be why that radiation is flowing from, you know, this reality that she's created. Eventually we cut to, they got more TV set up and they kind of realize they're watching a sitcom, right? Oh, before that, before that, actually, we get, uh, uh, they start sending the guy in the hazmat suit, uh, into the sewers, and, uh, this later becomes the beekeeper that we saw at the end of episode two. Yes. And then, uh, here's a great line, though. So, Jimmy Woo is saying he doesn't like sending another agent before Monica comes back, and, you know, uh, the director is saying, like, someone must miss you in Quantico because of the way that, <laughs> I guess, Jimmy is annoying him. And Jimmy just says, no, softball season is over. <laughs> is he a big softball player or something? Or They don't really mention that. I'm assuming it's just like that's the only reason anybody would miss him, I guess, is because of uh, him him playing softball well, I think, is, is, what, uh, is what is supposed to be uh, the joke there. Um, I, I, like, I like how I, I like the connections they're making of they're sending modern stuff in one way and when we see it on the other side it's more to that time period. So the drone right. comes from one version turns to basically the same thing but a a earlier version, the helicopter of the drone or whatever. I know I'm not explaining this correctly but um, the hazmat suit becomes a beekeeper uh, the rope that he was tied to turns into a jump rope as it's as it crosses yep. into uh, one of those old school jump ropes. Yeah, so <laughs> it, I, I I like the idea of things from our time and our reality going in aren't necessarily uh, aren't necessarily causing issues into their reality. It's turning it into something similar in their reality so it's not like it's not earth shattering right 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 so it, it so that way it fits uh something that doesn't look foreign or out of this time period uh to the people that would be in the town 
Um, and so for Wanda to be able to explain it and not be re- recalling, I guess, um, you know, old or memories or having that illusion broken. And then this is where we get the, uh, you know, the sound of like the TV kind of going. Darcy finally has the TV set up and uh, we start seeing clips from episode one of the show. And, uh, you know, they, they start recording them and that's when we start getting more of the TVs and. And uh, something that I thought was interesting as well that that review you sent me just totally didn't understand is that, uh, yes, episode one was the 1950s, but they make references to there being more than one episode in the 50s. So it's like we've missed certain things uh, that happened in this show. Um, Because the way that, like, Darcy says, you know, like she's doing dishes like once an episode. We don't see that in every episode that like it's almost like these are constantly going like there's no break in the episodes, right? Like it's almost like episode after episode after episode. And then at some point within that, within the few hours, then we get to episode two of what we saw. Yeah, but there's still missing um, episodes you know, between one and two. Yes. Which I would love to see that we haven't seen, but they've seen. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then that's when they start using the facial recognition software to uh, to ID, and we find out a lot of these people are residents of Westview and have different names than their character names. Yeah, so uh, they, um, you know they're pulling up licenses ahead. and things, and then you see whiteboard like the great things of like whiteboards going up and stuff being written on there, the questions, and then somewhere on there is like why is it in a hexagon? Uh, like I know. I know you could probably look on there somewhere online and see all these things written up, but I, I just didn't fall down that rabbit hole because I'd still be there right now. Um, we, we, the internet sleuths are, are deciphering what was written and seeing if there's clues hidden in there about you know what we're going to see and everything else. Right. Um, yeah, there was some stuff on the whiteboard, like uh, like uh, Jimmy looked like wrote down scrolls, um, question mark. You know, uh, scrolls are the characters that can, you know, change appearances that we saw in Captain Captain Marvel. Uh, Marvel. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't think that's what it is, but you know, they're thinking of anything at this point, and that's actually that's funny though, because um, you know, Monica would actually know who scrolls are too, because she you know met Talos and and them in Captain Marvel. Um, but uh, you know, he asked also on the board why a hex hexagonal shape uh which when they look at the map on the you know like the hover table or whatever the hologram table uh it looks like that westview or whatever wanda controls of westview is in like a hex hexagonal shape yes uh that she's controlling which is funny because at the end of episode one i think it is when it's going to credits it's in a hexagonal shape uh when it kind of like circles around her and, and closes out on her and vision on the couch. So, uh, just some more of that shape being seen. Um, but then that's when, uh, you know, Darcy then sees Monica on the TV and she gets the idea to use the radio. Uh, like I just mentioned, apparently she uses the dishes once an episode and right there's a radio. So they were going to try it then, but we get this, um, you know, the scene from episode two where, Geraldine as Monica as Geraldine meets Wanda and then when Wanda's cleaning up at Dottie's we get that weird radio message and just as we thought 
It's Jimmy. Yeah, Hart. before that is where we see uh, we right. see Geraldine just kind of like uh, in the in the foreground, like reading a newspaper. Um, and they start wondering, like, does she yeah. know what's going on? Like, which and these are good questions. Like, okay, we, we, we see her. What's going on, dude? Does she know who she is? Like, and, and then there's all these other questions that start coming out of this. Like, like, you know, where do we go from here? Um, once again, you were correct. That was mm-hmm. uh, Asian Wu uh, on the uh, on the radio. Just like uh, whenever it was, I think for a second episode, you said those were Cat Denning's hands um, at the uh, where it was peeking yeah. in. Uh, you know, watching the TV. Uh, you were definitely correct on that one. Yeah, that, and that's what I thought was cool is that I'm getting all these answers and confirmations like four episodes in, which is only our third week because of the f- double episodes in, in week one that, you know, I, I really felt like it went by fast. Um, I know these episodes are short and some people don't like that, but uh, I, I think that, you know, I'd rather them just be able to tell all the story they need to tell than, uh, you know, extend it to make it too long. Yeah, and then we just get so, like filler episodes of, you know. Right. Wanda and Vision learning how to do grocery shopping or, you know, random right. random other stuff, you know, to fill like an 18 or 22 episode arc, you know, to get to the end of the season instead of just, hey, this is the story we want to tell. Let's, let's okay, we got eight episodes or whatever to do it. Let's figure it out how to do it in this amount of time. Right. And uh, this is when, um, also before jimmy talks on the radio this is when we get the the picture that an agent brings over of the red and gold helicopter drone and uh then uh you know he says why did you colorize it and they say we didn't uh so that's where we're starting to get the ref they're they're starting to understand too that things are you know changing to maybe fit uh that was kind of their reasoning right was that they think why did the drone change into that because it doesn't look anything like it and he said it could be to render it useless because it no longer had the cameras or it could be to match the setting like the time period setting and, and right and i think it's probably a combination of all of those wanda doesn't want it working but also she wants to make sure it fits in type of thing and then we get uh eventually they realize like they're changing decades and now they're in the 70s yes yep and we get to episode three of the show and Cat uh, Denning's character is now invested. Yeah. Oh, before that, too, we got the key uh, beekeeper. His rope broke off, and then they got, like we said, the jump rope on the other side as well, which shows that maybe things can come out of that reality, keeping the shape of what Wanda has given yeah. it. Yeah. So that may come into play I think play that later. sets up some stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, Wanda is pregnant. I, I like when Jimmy says, I can't believe she's pregnant. And, you know, <laughs> Darcy's trying to give her, give him some of the chips and ask if he wants any, and he thinks she means the kids. And he's like, yeah, little Jimmy woo. And then he's like, oh, you meant the chips. Well, in all fairness, like I, I thought she, I thought that was a question she was asking too. Like, but do you want any kids? Right. Like, I mean, I saw her eating the chips. I didn't put it together. You know, and he's talking about, you know, make, get him a little FBI badge and things. And I'm, I'm. I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, dude, I really like these two characters. Like, I would like to see an Adventures of Jimmy Woo and what's Cat Denning's character's name? Darcy? Uh, uh, like, I, yeah, Darcy I would Lewis. like to see some Adventures of Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis together. Like, that would be awesome. Just a whole show of, of 
of them. Uh, maybe they both get hired by Sword now, and they just become agents of Sword. Dude, like, I, I mean, I'm I'm a simple creature, so it doesn't take much to amuse me at times. But yeah, like those two are good, likable characters. Um, and this is coming from someone who has no, you know, no knowledge of them before this 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 show. Like I knew they were in the Marvel universe, but I didn't know who they were or anything about them. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, right. hey, they, they work well together. They're funny. Like, yeah. Give me some more of those two. <laughs> um, this uh, we then get the the continuation of. Well, at first, we we kind of just the scene skips to uh. The the scene just right off skips to, uh, the uh them sitting on the couch with the credits and they're like, wait, what did we just miss? B- b- right before because- this, before this, so. Going back to the beekeeper, we get uh, where Wanda said no when time rewound, right? Like, we saw that happen. So what happened to the beekeeper? Well, the guy in the hazmat suit who became the beekeeper. Was he forced out? Does he no longer exist? Was he blit? Like, So some people think that, and and to be honest, he kind of does look like it. I went back and looked at this. Because what I had saw somebody say is that in the opening of the 1970s episode, episode 3, in the credit in the opening credits, there's somebody handing ice cream to Vision, and to be honest, he does look a lot like that guy. Um, so it might be that he is now just in the town, kind of stuck in there with everybody else. And not only that, but I think Darcy's the one who brings up like that the fact that Vision is dead earlier in the episode, but they're seeing Vision. Oh like, yes, yeah. She brings up like, wait a minute, isn't he dead? Or like, did he die? Or like, right? He's. She said not like blipped, but he was dead. Yeah, he's completely you know? gone. And then you know they acknowledge, yeah, Vision doesn't exist anymore. Um. So now they're wondering like, wait a minute, that, which now throws more questions to them. Like, wait a minute, what is going on here? Because is this an alternate reality? Is this in in Wanda's head? Because Vision doesn't exist anymore, but we're watching him interact with Wanda and these other townspeople. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, I have some ideas on that that we're about to see here as well. Um, but yeah, that, then it just kind of like, it's just, you know, Monica and Wanda, and then it just kind of cuts to them on the couch. Right. And she's gone and they're like, wait a minute, what happened? And they're trying to like rewind it on the TV to see if it was some sort of, uh, or on the computer that they're recording on to see if it's some sort of glitch, I guess, but nothing's there anymore. And then Wanda doesn't want them to see what we, happened. Yeah. Right, right. And now we see I love when when stuff does this though, but I love the screen going from the 4/3 aspect ratio of the TV and then widening it out to the 16 by 9 uh ratio and getting uh kind of a normal cinematic look at this scene that uh we'd seen bits and pieces of uh, last week, um, but we get to see the final form of this scene where, you know, she's like, "Well, why'd you say Ultron stuff like that?" And we get, well, it, um, we even we even got you know, like, Agent Wu you and Darcy bringing up. Wait a minute, did she just bring up Ultron's name? Like, so now that like they're, they're yeah, has that ever happened? Have they ever made references to our outside reality? Yeah, right. So now now they're like they're, like I said, they're seeing and they're trying to figure out how this is connecting everything. Because as far as they knew before, this was its own separate entity that didn't 
didn't exist or didn't have anything to do with the outside world or their time and their reality. And now it mm-hmm. does. Um, because Monica brings up, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, that her brother Petro was killed by Ultron. And then we see angry Wanda. Yes. And she asked how she would know Ultron and she's like, I'm just your neighbor. And she's like, well, you wouldn't have known Ultron. You are not my friend and you are not my neighbor. And just blast her through the wall. <laughs> and it's Elizabeth Olsen is a fantastic actress because the emotion she conveys mm-hmm. as I'm watching this is like, if you know who she is and you know the power that she holds, it is frightening beyond a level of belief. Like, because you know, like pretty much like there's no coming back from what just happened. Um, but, and as she starts getting angry and she's conveying that emotion and she like, she's got these glowing orbs by her hand. Like, I think I literally would have defecated on myself at that point. Like, like this is it. Like, this is the end. Like, I, I, I can't even like, because once again, Monica Rambo knows, I don't know if she knows about Wanda. I'm assuming she probably does considering she knows Ultron. So she knows, uh, she probably knows the power that she actually holds. She has to because she hasn't been getting any intel from outside. So I do think she has to have known about them as part of her job. Yeah. And, and she knows, you know, she, she knows about everything from, from her experiences with Captain Marvel and her mom and everything. So she's got to know, like, this is just doesn't end well for anybody. And Wanda was just, I, I've, I've had many women angry at me in my life. Um, most of the times, rightfully so. Not gonna lie, probably deserve that one. Um, kind of, kind of <laughs> like Jack Sparrow in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the first time, I'm not sure I deserve that one. And afterwards, it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, when he gets slapped, in yeah, the- and then eventually he's like, yeah, I definitely deserve that one. Yeah, I've been on that one. Yeah, definitely deserve that one. Um, thankfully, I don't know if I've ever been on on the receiving end of someone that angry. Yeah, and that powerful that she can just blast you out of your reality. <laughs> Um, and then she just kind of fixes it. Nobody knows that it happened. Yeah. Um, she blasted through several houses and fences and out of force field dome. I, I don't know what it's called. I'm kind of getting vibes of like the Simpsons movie of the dome around Springfield, but I know that's not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she heals it back up, and then that's when we see Vision come back in with the ending of last week where, oh, she had to go home, and they're holding their children. I love that he's in the background the whole time without you getting a clear look until we get to see that that look of uh, Vision being all gray like when Thanos killed him, and he's still got the hole in his yeah. head. and Wanda sees it. And, and that leaves the question... Right, because Wanda sees it and she scares herself with it, and then she kind of fixes it, right? But did she bring Vision's corpse here to Westview, and is she reanimating it? Or is it like she got the memory because of that talk with Monica about all the bad things that happened, that she saw Vision, who may not actually really be there. Things are starting, like the memory starting to come what back. she last saw. Yeah. Yes, like that, yeah. I don't know, but that was another frightening thing, too, because, like, once again, I knew Vision wasn't alive. It was brought up in this episode. We we talked about it before, um, that, you know, Vision was actually killed at the end of uh, Infinity War. And 
now we see like yeah, visions. I don't even know because he's not human, so I don't even know if it'd be a corpse. But his his shell, his remnants, and a big gray head with a hole in the middle of it. Like yeah, yeah. It's not really a corpse, I guess, but it's almost like a uh, almost like a dummy. You know, like a uh, lifeless shell of a man. Yeah, I don't know. Robot. <laughs> um, but, you know, she, you know, Vision tells her, hey, you know, if you don't want to stay here, we can leave. And Wanda's like, no, this is our home. We're staying. And not just that. I think when she first says, no, we can't, it's because she thinks that he probably can't leave this, this force field. But... I think with the jump rope coming back out of it and uh, Monica being forced out of there in her 70s clothes, she's not coming back through in her officer uniform. Yeah. I think that maybe he could leave. And I think that means the kids could leave too. And she could have this world outside of there. I I just... I guess we don't know and probably won't know until the last episode. But if he but leaves, what, I think what kind of condition is he going to be in? He might look like that gray, lifeless uh, uh, hole yeah, in the head. Like, Get the hole fixed, though. Yeah, but I'm saying like, yeah, uh, he know. might not be Vision anymore. It might just be his lifeless body, I guess, um, if he leaves. Yeah. Or a version of it. I don't know if it's going to be him. And the same thing, like if her kids leave, what what's going to happen? Are they going to be her kids are they going to be you know there's but she apparently likes it there and she wants to stay so yeah no question well we get to stay and then we get you know monica waking up uh, and uh we get to see darcy and and jimmy running over to her and that's when she says it's wanda it's all wanda and that was the end of the episode. Um, for me, just again, fantastic episode here. There was some Easter eggs uh, I, I want to bring up here as well. Um, Maria, Monica's mother, you know, in the Captain Marvel movie, her call sign was Photon. And that's also uh, on the placard in the Sword offices. That's one of the names that Monica Rambo goes by in the comics as a superhero. So maybe she'll take that name from her mom. Um, she was also actually the first Captain Marvel uh, in comics was, uh, the first female Captain Marvel was, uh, Monica Rambo actually. Um, so we'll see how, uh, you know, where they take her going forward. Um, I already mentioned the Jimmy Woo magic card one, which was a good callback there. Uh, when, when Monica's waking up in the hospital, we actually hear Carol Danvers yes. herself calling to Monica, saying, calling her Lieutenant Trouble, like the nickname she gave her, um, which is interesting. And then we also get the drone colors of the original drone that she sends through there is the Captain Marvel suit colors that Monica helped design. So it seems like she really likes that blue, maroon, and gold kind of scheme there. And then, uh, so another thing, Disney, uh, I mean, obviously they have the money, but, uh, I, I like the, I like the music, the music choice of Voodoo Child to end the show. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix's estate is very big. Uh, they're notorious for for being very stingy with the rights to Jimi Hendrix's music. Obviously, um, they have every right to. Uh, I don't know if it ever came to be, but at one point, uh, Andre Three Thousand from Outkast was supposed to play Jimi Hendrix in a biopic. Um, but the estate would only license the music if they had say in the movie, like if they had creative aspects in the movie. Um, the, the studio wow. said no. So the estate said, well, you don't get to use Jimi Hendrix's music. Um, and just that, I, like that music fits me more because the first time I got exposed to Jimi Hendrix was through professional wrestling. When uh, Hulk Hogan turned to a bad guy and became Hollywood Hogan. That was his theme song was Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Uh, and after watching the episode of Superstore yesterday, I was in a very heelish mood. Uh, which you guys will find out tomorrow when we record. Um, so then that hit, and I was just like, this is a perfect cap of a day right here. That's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about uh, the Jimi Hendrix side of it there um, or how stingy they are, so Disney probably definitely forked out the, the cash. <laughs> and like, I, I, that was another rabbit hole I went down, and I was looking uh, just to try and see like how much it would cost to license songs. And uh, for commercials, you know, for commercials, you get like a time period for television and movies. It's usually a flat rate, but it depending on the depending on the artist, it can be a couple of grand to like 50 to 100 thousand dollars or something like that. Um, And I can imagine for something like Jimi Hendrix, it's another one. Um, It's probably either up there or even more. Um, Axl Rose is another one who's stingy with his music. Uh, He ended up at some point having the controlling interest in Guns N' Roses previous library because uh, the band the band split at one point um, so we actually had control over the library and there were a lot of movies that wanted to use Welcome to the Jungle for something but he just a lot of times would say no here's an interesting one as well that I read or, or listened to on a podcast is for um, The Office uh, The Office paid so there's a joke in The Office where he's holding up Michael's holding up sandals, Jamaica tickets, right? And it cost him six. Yeah, tickets. just just for singing those two lines, which one of them wasn't even the same line, but just yes. like I think I've read that it was like ten seconds. It was like the most expensive ten seconds in television history because it cost him some like that ridiculous amount of money just to sing those two lines. Um, Kevin Smith, uh, who's done a lot of movies, I'm a fan of a lot of his work. Uh, when he did Dogma. Um, back in the day, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon play a couple of angels that come back down to earth. Um, and Ben Affleck ended up singing, uh, some song, uh, kind of riffing on it and sang some song, uh, it's your birthday or something. And like, they didn't use it in the movie. It's in the outcuts, but he was like, damn it. Now I have to license that song and it cost him like 50, 60 grand or something like that. Wow. That's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, the only theory I really have right now is that maybe Vision and the kids can leave uh, the world now that the rope did as well, but uh, we kind of touched on that, and uh, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to next week. Uh, now, be careful, people. Be careful, because there have been some leaked scenes making its rounds around the internet from episodes five and six. Somehow, somebody got a hold of these and, and uh, shared some scenes and descriptions, so just be careful out there. I haven't seen anything. 
uh, except for confirmation of one character that um, I kind of figured. But so two things. Uh, one, um, I- I'm definitely not going to look careful. up spoilers on that. Two, uh, I'm pretty sure Mickey's police force will come after that person uh, with the fury of a thousand suns. Um, and three, it just hit me the song choice of Voodoo Child while Vision and Wanda are holding their two children. That couldn't have obviously that wasn't by accident, but like it just hit me the the significance of the of the title Voodoo Child, and then you know the two children mm-hmm. are there. That probably doesn't mean a lot to a bunch of people, but it literally just hit me like ten seconds ago. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I'd say most things are not by accident in this show, so uh, I would think that uh, that is not either. Um, I, I'm just looking forward for this, you know, continuing this ride of the show. We're almost halfway through the show at, you know, four out of nine episodes. I don't want it to end. Episodes. I don't want it to end. Uh, me neither. It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch the show a lot, I think, though, because, uh, like, the first few, one, it's short. Like, you're not committing, you know, like, 50-minute episodes, right, so far. And two, it's just so good. And and three, it's like the first two episodes, first three episodes are so sitcom based that you can just turn it on and have a good time with them and not worry about, you know, all of the the drama if you just want to watch a a lighthearted show when you're getting ready for bed or something. Not only that, but uh, so I I, like I said, I won't seek out spoilers for the next couple episodes and I haven't. Um, came across them, but I know a while back, like when they talked about how every ep- most of the episodes will follow a decade, and someone had put a screen cap together of uh, Wanda in all of these uh, decades, you know, like uh, you know the 50s, 60s, right from the trailers, um, yeah. And as I was watching it, I was I was amazed at our perceptions of like a wife and a mother how that has changed throughout the decades and what was, what we mm-hmm. thought um, a wife and a mother should look like and what was acceptable um, has, has gradually changed compared to like, you know, the fifties, you had the Stepford wives thing with, you know, the pearls and always had to be immaculately kept and everything. And one of the last ones was something, you know, more recent where we see her kind of like in a flannel and her hair is kind of fussed up, but we, we've, yeah, that's the mockumentary style one, I think, for the Modern Family Office take. That but we've also just come to accept that, like, look, being a mom is an incredibly difficult job. And mm-hmm. the aspect of trying to expect a mother and a wife to look this immaculate all the time and, and to have this this beautiful face of makeup and her hair always done while trying to take care of, like, two or three children or whatever is just not realistic. And we've come to accept that, you you know, as we see, you know, people experience motherhood yet, like they're not going to be this, this, this magazine image that we, that we see. And, 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 you know, there's going to be some good days. There's going to be some bad days and she's going to be exhausted, but it doesn't mean she's not doing a fantastic job. And it doesn't mean a mother's not still beautiful. It just, she's just going to look a little different. And it, it, like I was, I just saw that and I was amazed that, wow, we really have changed our views on moms and wives over the last 60 mm-hmm. or 70 years. Yeah, it really is uh, amazing. Even in the seventies one where, like we said, with the, the doctor being kind of sexist with uh, you'll make a good nurse. No, you wouldn't even say you'll make a good doctor, right? It was yeah. a nurse for 
and, and breaking it down into the fruit for the simpler women is, is how he kind of worded it. Um, so, uh, still a long way to go for a lot of that kind of stuff, but, uh, it is interesting as you're watching this, just seeing, like you said, the, the home life, the, you know, relationships and all of the, uh, parental roles and the family roles, just how they continue to change, um, as we watch and, and I assume next week we get back to it or at least get glimpses of the eighties and, and such and, um, keep on going from there. Cause we got five left, right? Yeah. Five or six left, five something left. like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if Disney will do it because it's on Disney plus, but this is one of those series where if they put it out on Blu-ray or DVD, I would definitely pick it up just to have it just so that way I can watch it whenever I wanted. And I would love to hear like maybe some of the director's commentary or deleted scenes that they had and stuff like that from. I think we may get that. Um, I know you haven't watched the Mandalorian, but when, whenever you do, they do have a show on there called Disney gallery, the Mandalorian on there, which is for the first season of that show. It is, eight episodes talking about uh, putting together season one of the Mandalorian. And then, you know, with like round table directors, writers, actors and stuff like that and showing behind the scenes footage. And then for the second season, of the Mandalorian, they put out like a hour long um, documentary for that one as like a continuation of that. So hopefully I'm hoping we get something like that for WandaVision um, because it's called Disney Gallery and then colon The Mandalorian, so they could release a Disney Gallery colon WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, all these shows that they have because it's very cheap stuff to put out. You know, it's like round tables. Yeah. You've already got all and, the footage. And behind-the-scenes footage already, that you already co- – yeah. yeah, that you already – You already yeah. have it. You just have to cut it up and figure out what you want and need and, and you know, go from there. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that about wraps us up. If you want to contact us, email us at marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com on Twitter at to infinity saga. It's T O infinity saga, facebook.com slash infinity saga beyond. And I'll also put the link tree in there as well. Um, thank you everybody for listening. This has been such a good run so far and uh just looking forward to fridays for the rest of the next five weeks yes thanks for listening we'll catch you next time